Dear friends, hello, I'm very happy to welcome you and I'm very happy to welcome Deidre Stevenson. She is a very interesting person. She is an author, she is a filmmaker, she made a very nice movie, Lemonade, and she is a great mother as well. So I'm welcoming Deidre Stevenson with great applause. Because I'm oh, thank you. Very kind of you. Good evening, uh, dear Deidre. You know, good evening. Good evening. Uh, you know why the story of Deidre is very interesting to me? Because I think really that is very international story. And I think that Deidre, uh, at least in my mind, she's ambassador. Because all her life she's, you know, she devoted for cultures to bridge the cultures. And sometimes definitely it's not uh, that simple. Deidre, you are from uh, USA originally but you That's are right. in the United Arab Emirates. Tell me please, like in very short, in few sentences, why is it so? How it's happened that you are from USA living in United Arab Emirates for, I don't know, for how many years, for 30 years? Oh gosh, yeah, almost 30 years now. Uh, about 29, no, 20, a little, more than 28 for sure, more than 28 years. I came here in 1991. Um, when my son was only a few months old, my eldest son, Saeed, uh, we got married in America and I came here for love. Actually, I know you don't hear that very much anymore in the world. <laughs> Somebody doing something for love, sadly. Uh, but yes, I fell in love with my husband in the U.S. because we were in the university together. We were students at the University of Alabama, and uh, we formed a relationship. We got married, and we had our first son, and we came over here together and decided to make a life in the UAE because... My husband is incredibly close to his family and it was very important, you know, that he maintained that and, you know, I really wanted my children to have a similar really homegrown family experience like what my husband had when he was growing up. He had a much better childhood than I did. So, <laughs> and it turned out to be a really good decision because my kids are so well adjusted and I think that they turned out so great because they were raised right here in the UAE. This is beautifully said to come somewhere for love. You know, a lot of our audience, they don't know that much about United Arab Emirates because they're from all around the world. But I would like to tell you that coming from uh, United States of America to Arabic country, since it was almost 30 years ago, it was not that easy, I believe. What was uh, no. the biggest challenge for you, Didra? <laughs> well, um language first of all um a lot of people didn't really speak very much english at that time although english was widely spoken even back then it's just that a lot of my husband's uh, family members didn't speak you know that much english especially his parents so communicating with his parents turned out to be a big challenge but really worth it because I was sort of forced to learn some Arabic because I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of learned by immersion. Like, you know, you learn to swim by throwing somebody in the water. That kind of learning language is the most effective, I think, because I really didn't have a choice but to learn how to communicate with them. And I, 
now my broken Arabic is pretty functional, so which is a, quite a thing to do in UAE because it's an international environment, even back then. Um, but also back then, there was no entertainment, you know, not really. I mean, we had no malls at that time, and being American, I was really used to a mall being around and movie theaters and you know, uh, restaurants and fast food and things like that. There was really none of that when I came here the first time. So, um, but, you know, looking back on it, what's so really cool about it is the fact that it was all about family at that time. And I loved that, actually, even though it was hard. It was all about family connections and friends and getting together and human connections. And now, I mean, you know, alhamdulillah, we have all the wonderful things around now, but I think maybe we lose connections sometimes now with human beings. You know, we're more on social media and <laughs> these things than we are sitting across real people. So yeah, I don't know if it was a hardship now looking back on it, it might've been kind of an advantage. Definitely. You know, uh, I can imagine. I remember you were telling me it was a few years ago that when you just arrived, you were in the house and there was no place to go out. Because now, of course, Not really. Emirates is an incredible country, but there was no shops, no cinemas, no, no big malls. No. So, uh, almost Not even any English TV, nothing to watch on TV either. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can imagine that was a big challenge. Uh, Didier, tell me please, uh, you are uh, an author and you are a filmmaker also. How did you succeed uh, in the environment where, number one, there were not that many foreigners, number two, you are a woman, and I know still for women it's much more difficult than for men. Even some people Definitely. will tell me it's the same, but it's not <laughs> the same when you have a family. And also, number no. three, I know that uh, one of your kids, one of your son, who is gorgeous son and very talented son, but unfortunately he is autistic, Plus this, yeah. there are a lot of challenges that you should be more devoted to the family. How you managed to succeed as an author and as a filmmaker being completely from different culture? Well, I think that might have been part of where my American upbringing was an advantage because one thing that, and especially being raised in the South where I'm from, from Alabama, I mean, we were raised to be kind of pretty strong women. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Gone with the Wind, but it was all about is, the struggle of... This is the movie that all people are amazed, and it's, you cannot believe how uh, popular Scarlett O'Hara is in Russia. It's, uh, for many girls, she's a symbol well, of... there you go. And look at the odds she faced. <laughs> Look at the odds she faced. I mean, she had everything go wrong. She was victim of war. I mean, her home was taken over, all of her money, all of her income. And um, yeah, I mean, she came out of it victorious because of her spirit, you know, and I think that we've been raised with that spirit. And I think that that's what really got me through because I figured if I can't do one thing, it doesn't mean that every door is closed just because one is closed. I mean, I, thankfully I, I have, I got educated 
education. And that was the most important thing that I did for myself is continue with education. And I think that all girls should, should uh, go for higher education and never sacrifice this because it's like an insurance policy, you know, that you carry in your back pocket. That's one good thing that my father taught me is that, you know, education is the one thing that no one can ever take away from you. And, um, uh, um, sorry, can we just, can I take you know, one sec? Okay. Are you going to be editing this? No. Yeah. I'm <laughs> no. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, um, now getting back to, uh, what I was saying, yeah. um, the, the right, question, that, how did you succeed as an author and as a filmmaker? What, what, oh, okay. Well, what helped me, like I said, the spirit, the spirit that I was raised with, the determination and the fact that I was educated. So I um, did have resources at my disposal, even though I wasn't going to choose a traditional career. I wanted to be a stay at home mom from the very beginning. I did work for a while. I got a job. I mean, my husband helped me a lot with that. When we first got here, I remember that we actually got in the car and went driving to different libraries to help find me a job. <laughs> and we, we ended up going to the British council. I basically just walked in the door and said, hi, I'm an American graduate of library science. I have one year of professional experience and I'm looking for a job. And they were just flabbergasted, you know, and, and the library, the woman behind the library desk said, well, we are looking for a head librarian. And I was like, oh, okay, well, point me in the right direction. <laughs> Let me go apply for that, please. <laughs> and um, yeah, I got that job and I worked for a while, but then I decided that I did want to just be fully devoted to raising good kids. You know, because um, the culture here of having maids and, you know, nannies, you know, to do most of your work is it's great to have somebody to do your work for you at your housework. But if the, you let them raise your children, I think it's a really big mistake to let them raise your kids because they take on a lot of the characteristics of the person that has been raising them. Let's just face it. Um, and that's not always a bad thing, but I prefer that they take that. I wanted them to take after me. I wanted them to take my personality and my, my values and, and the things that I teach them, you know, rather than somebody who's just there to keep them alive until I come home. <laughs> and that's all I really felt that they were devoted to is just keeping their hearts beating until I got back in the door after work. And uh, that's not fair. I think that when no, you have children, you should be devoted to building a, a human being, a that's productive that's and good member of society that's going to really contribute something. So I did want to do that. And I decided uh, we are facing that, that we start thinking more about who is raising the kids and what kind of personality you will be, even to exactly. survive at times and to get out of this uh, victorious, you know, not a victim, not being defeated by the crisis, by the health uh, things, by the situation that exactly. people are losing their jobs, that there is not that much money at the moment in the market. There, there are always a lot of money, but the thing is that uh, the situation changed and now it's not only about the money. 
it's about the humanity and about the moral values that you touched upon. Tell me, please, uh, since you did a movie, it's a documentary film uh, called Lemonade, and it's a very touching movie, and I know that it's won uh, some awards, and a lot of people were touched by that, and I like this movie very much. And it's about your son, who is autistic person. So tell me, yes. please, how are you managing this uh, filmmaking and uh, having a son like that? H how are you balancing your time and uh, what is the secret of your success? Uh, well, um, you know, I've always, I was, I was saying before, I, I, I wanted to devote a lot of time to really raising them and putting the effort in. But I did want something for myself, you know, so I, I became an author. And uh, it was something that I was always interested in doing, especially with the library science degree and a communications degree. Um, and the thing that I wanted to do as well is to communicate things that were going wrong, you know, in terms of autistic care, you know, in the UAE. Um, my husband is a psychologist and we're fortunate enough to know when things are going well and when things are not going well. And with his um, schooling here, I think that now, I mean, I have to say now, the younger children have a lot of advantages in the UAE. They did it before. Before, when Ibrahim was coming up, there was literally nothing in terms of services, you know, for him. Um, we were fortunate enough to move back to America a couple of times uh, for my husband's graduate studies at that time. Um, where I picked up another graduate degree as well. Um, and so we, you know, he got some good preschooling at that time. And when we moved back here and he went to a special needs school here, we noticed that they, he wasn't really progressing as well as he should have been. Um, and then when he was 19 years old, they decided they'd had enough, you know, of trying and they needed to open the space for a younger student. I didn't find that acceptable. I mean, and I think that there's a lot of parents here who are in that situation right now. You know, they're here with an adult child with autism and they don't really know what to do with them. They don't know how to make a life for this person. And especially during a pandemic right now, I mean, even the, the few clubs that we have, you know, for them to do recreational things are closed. They've been closed for a few months. Lemonade, the film that I made, was to shine a light on this problem. And it's based on the American expression, you know, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade, which is, I mean, it's like the story of my life, really, <laughs> you know, making a good situation out of bad stuff. Um, but what we did with Ibrahim was we made a homeschooling program for him of our very own. I went online and I got, I put out ads for a couple of uh, home carers for Ibrahim, Filipino gentlemen here in the UAE who were, we were very fortunate enough to come into contact with some with, with real nursing degrees that we could hire for affordable salaries, thankfully. I mean, we do have that advantage, you know, to be able to access staff like that, you know, for, for the right kind of money. Um, and we sat down and we made a homeschooling schedule for Abraham with everything that a school would have been giving him. He has English, he has math, 
He has arts and crafts. He has sports time. He has everything built in to his daily routine that he would have gotten in school and actually better, in fact. So he's happy. He's got a predictable routine. And I started to send him to the grocery store to do the shopping every week. His carers go with him. Uh, and, Peter, I will you know. interrupt you for one second just to explain to some people because a lot of people even don't know that, you know, these autistic people, they're not exactly the same. So maybe they will say, oh, what's, what's difficult in that to send somebody to a grocery shop? That's not a big deal. Just to explain that it's completely different life, completely different abilities, and you need to always to right. at least to support and to... Uh, protect or at least to monitor it's not that you you can completely go out of this uh, and leave somebody alone for a long time it's not possible tell me please exactly. the movie that you did lemonade it's about ibrahim and about autistic child and about how to yes. succeed in that did it help you to feel stronger did it feel him to feel stronger Yes, absolutely. He loved helping make the movie. He really liked being filmed. And, you know, like you were saying, autistic people have problems with communication. It is, in fact, a communication disorder. Some of them don't speak at all. I mean, it's a spectrum. They go from not being able to speak at all or function. Maybe you, know, you want to share some photos. Uh, I know that you prepared some photos that you want because we have only yeah, I, interview I, left and I didn't see any photos yet. <laughs> I, I do want to share some photos. So here we go. I'm just going to share screen with you. There's, uh, there's the award that I won in Ireland uh, for Lemonade for the best, uh, best production. Uh, of, of a documentary that is and really there's Ibrahim that's, that's my boy and you know look how he's looking away though I mean eye contact is a big part of autism or lack thereof of eye contact but look at that smile I mean he's that's very one happy. of the things he's very he's a happy boy and he's happy because we made a productive for him we didn't just let him stay home and watch tv all the time which is what i think a lot of people do sadly and you know just like any other man he needs something to feel productive and you know like like an adult he needs to have responsibilities he needs to have chores he needs to have a schedule and that's people who are autistic thrive on the predictability of their day. So that's very important. Now, um, this is at the film premiere in Abu Dhabi. And the that's me there. And the two carers that I had on board at the time, one of them still works for us. The other one had moved on to another job. and But we replaced him with another assistant. The ones, the lady sitting beside me is the director of the film, Sarah Al Hashimi, and uh, the associate director. And um, we we premiered this at the Takama Tamakan Tamakan uh, Company in Abu Dhabi, and it was just a big, big hit. It was amazing. Uh, oh, that's that's a cooking show <laughs> that I've been on. That's another one of my hobbies, by the way, is cooking. Uh, one of my books on BlueGenieMedia.com is a cookbook called Breaking Bread Around the World. Sorry to change the subject, but, you know, it was a, a cooking show that I was on for an Indian television show. 
Um, so it, I just thought I'd share that. And it suits you very much to be there. This is you in magazines. So this Lemonade movie makes uh, quite an impact in uh, United Arab Emirates. Absolutely, it did. It, it was in uh, the uh, cinemas here. It was in Box Cinema. It was in Novo Cinema. So it had cinema releases as well. And of course, it had um, film festival releases in the United States and Ireland and in the UK. Great. So, well, that's uh, this is the right. book. This is your book. Oh yes, these are some of my books. I just wanted to show you. I, I do another thing as well um, to keep myself fulfilled and to help sell the books because you know, being a, an author, you have to be what we call a an author authorpreneur. <laughs> so we're we're an entrepreneur, but we're an authorpreneur <laughs> because. Authors now have to really get out there and market themselves, not only as a writer, but, you know, market their books as products. And uh, one of the ways that I do this here in the UAE is to visit schools, you know, and talk about creativity and writing. And uh, the children have a great time. And, you know, they are, they get, they learn how to write their own stories, in fact, you know, and I've, visited many schools throughout the region and um, well, that's just me <laughs> and those are some of my books as well there we go my trilogy the Hakima's Tale yeah and that's suitable for all ages that's what I take uh, to, to schools with me I don't take Desert Magnolia or the horror novel that I've written because they don't tend to be suitable for anyone younger than 16 but these are suitable for all ages, the Hakima's Tales. So, you know, feel One, free. And uh, did there's you a, tell me, please, as um, the, um, what you will recommend, because you have such successful accomplishments, even though it's very difficult for you. You have a lot of books written. You have a wonderful movie made. You have a lot of social work when you work with school children and help them to find their, you know, true values through books and through cooperation. And also you are very active yourself in spite of the fact that you are very busy in the home life and of course with Ibrahim. What you can recommend to people who want to go global, who are sitting somewhere, I don't know, in a small village, isolated village, or even not in the village, they could even sit in Paris, but they don't know how to connect, how to write a book, how to make a movie, they're just dreaming, but then they found out they're already 70 years old or 80 years old, and, mm, and that's right. it. Well, I can tell you this, it starts with page one, <laughs> just like writing a book, you know, I mean, people ask me that a lot, how do you get through writing an entire book. I mean, writing a book is like doing any kind of accomplishment in your life. You have to start with the first page. It's not gonna get done at all, or and you can't even conceive of it until you write the first word. That's when you actually think, wow, maybe this is actually possible. You know, because thinking about it, dreaming about it, doesn't make it happen. You have to actually take action. And taking action is the most important thing, even if it's not perfect in the beginning. So what? What is perfect in the beginning? You know, everything we try in this life, 
we have to make mistakes and we have to fall down and learn. I, I don't know which, which person said this. I think maybe Einstein or somebody, um, somebody of note, you know, said that if you've never made, if you've never made a mistake, if you've never failed at anything, then you've never done anything either. You've never tried anything because so you can't make accomplishments without taking that risk that you actually may fail the first one or two times you try something. I wrote my first screenplay when I was 45 years old and I taught myself how to write a screenplay. But you will believe you number one because you don't look even you are 45, but number two, uh, it's of course, especially, you know, in Slovak, Slovak culture, unfortunately we have big limitations by age. They say if you didn't try something before 40, you can forget about that. And I like that you did it, uh, you made your first screen play, screenwriter at the age of 45. At 45. And then I went on to win a best short screenplay award, uh, an award uh, from Cannes in 2018. Well, Mediterranean Cannes, but still, you know, it's fantastic, you know, that I was able to do that at a later age. And, you know, here's the thing about age, you know, we have to stop looking at a certain age as a cutoff point. It's not true. Not anymore. I mean, before maybe back, you know, six, 700 years ago, maybe you would have needed to plan to die around 45 or 50 years old, you know? So yes, you could consider yourself old at 40 years old, but now we live until maybe 80, 90, 100 years old. So, I mean, I'm 54 now, so do I have to be old for the last 40 years of my life? I mean, if I'm, if God is willing, I'm able to live until I'm 90 something, you know, I don't want to be considered to be an invalid, you know, for all of that time. That's still a long time I have left. I still have a lot of things to offer the world and many things to learn. So I think that it's all in your attitude, you know, when you really, I think I always say this, that the day that you stop being able to learn anything from anybody else is the day that you die. You did already. You're you're all, you're just walking around and you don't have your coffin yet. You know you need to realize that part of youth and holding on to the juice of life is learning things. And I want learn to say things that, that uh, you really. have a very big courage, and I want to thank you very much because uh, for me personally, it's very encouraging. You know, to number one, you don't have any limitations in front of the age number two you don't have any limitations in front of the obstacles and number three you don't have any limitations believe it or not by countries so you are from america living in arabic world and making sure that these two worlds are perfectly working together i think is the biggest yes. accomplishment i wish you to make new movies i'm sure that this will be as successful as lemonade they will also will be in Cannes film festival it doesn't matter is it Mediterranean or just Cantum Festival, but it's important <laughs> that it's in thank you. And it's very important. And I hope that your advices will help people to be strong, to find inner power, and uh, why we call it uh, our blog Hidden Hero, because I believe there is hero in everybody of us. 
the Thank most you. important That's... is to wake him up. So let God yes. bless you, protect you in these difficult times and to be always young because you, you're looking very, very young. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was a big pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye. Dear friends, hello. I'm very happy to welcome you. And I'm very happy to welcome Deidre Stevenson. She is a very interesting person. She is an author. She is a filmmaker. She made a very nice movie, Lemonade. And she is a great mother as well. So I'm welcoming Deidre Stevenson with great applause. Because I'm Aww, thank you. Very happy to <laughs> see. Very kind of you. Good evening, uh, dear Deidre. You know, good evening. Good evening. Uh, you know why the story of Deidre is very interesting to me? Because I think really that is very international story. And I think that Deidre... Uh, at least in my mind, she's ambassador because all her life she's, you know, she devoted for cultures to bridge the cultures. And sometimes definitely it's not that simple. Ditra, you are from uh, USA originally, but you That's are right. in the United Arab Emirates. Tell me please, like in very short, in few sentences, why is it so? How it's happened that you are from USA living in United Arab Emirates for, I don't know, for how many years? For 30 years? Oh gosh, yeah, almost 30 years now. Uh, about 29, no, 20, a little more than 28 for sure. More than 28 years. I came here in 1991. Um, when my son was only a few months old, my eldest son, Saeed, uh, we got married in America and I came here for love. Actually, I know you don't hear that very much anymore in the world. <laughs> Somebody doing something for love, sadly. Uh, but yes, I fell in love with my husband in the U.S. because we were in the university together. We were students at the University of Alabama, and uh, we formed a relationship. We got married, and we had our first son, and we came over here together and decided to make a life in the UAE because my husband is incredibly close to his family, and it was very important, you know, that he maintained that. And, you know, I really wanted my children to have a similar really homegrown family experience like what my husband had when he was growing up. He had a much better childhood than I did. So, <laughs> and it turned out to be a really good decision because my kids are so well adjusted and I think that they turned out so great because they were raised right here in the UAE. This is beautifully said to come somewhere for love. You know, a lot of our audience, they don't know that much about United Arab Emirates because they're from all around the world. But I would like to tell you that coming from uh, United States of America to Arabic country, since it was almost 30 years ago, it was not that easy, I believe. What was uh, no. the biggest challenge for you, Didra? <laughs> well, um language first of all um a lot of people didn't really speak very much english at that time although english was widely spoken even back then it's just that a lot of my husband's uh, family members didn't speak you know that much english especially his parents so communicating with his parents turned out to be a big challenge but really worth it because 
I was sort of forced to learn some Arabic because I didn't really have a choice. <laughs> um, I think it's kind of learned by immersion. Like, you know, you learn to swim by throwing somebody in the water. That kind of learning language is the most effective, I think, because I really didn't have a choice but to learn how to communicate with them. And I now my broken Arabic is pretty functional, so which is a, quite a thing to do in UAE because it's an international environment, even back then. Um, but also back then there was no entertainment, you know, not really. I mean, we had no malls at that time and being American, I was really used to a mall being around and movie theaters and, you know, uh, restaurants and fast food and things like that. There was really none of that when I came here the first time. So, um, but, you know, looking back on it, what's so really cool about it is the fact that it was all about family at that time. And I loved that actually, even though it was hard, it was all about family connections and friends and getting together and human connections. And now, I mean, you know, alhamdulillah, we have all the wonderful things around now, but I think maybe we lose connections sometimes now with human beings. You know, we're more on social media and <laughs> these things than we are sitting across real people. So, yeah, I don't know if it was a hardship. Now, looking back on it, it might have been kind of an advantage. Definitely. <laughs> you know, uh, I can imagine. I remember you were telling me it was a few years ago that when you just arrived, you were in the house and there was no place to go out. Because now, of course, Not the really. Emirates is a incredible country but there was no shops no cinemas no, no big malls no. So, uh, not even any english tv nothing to watch on tv either <laughs> well i can imagine that was a big challenge uh did you tell me please uh you are uh, an author and you are a filmmaker also how did you succeed uh, in the environment where number one there were not that many foreigners Number two, you're a woman, and I know still for women it's much more difficult than for men. Even some people Definitely. will tell me it's the same, but it's not <laughs> the same when you have a family. And also number no. three, I know that uh, one of your kids, one of your son, who is gorgeous son and very talented son, but unfortunately he is autistic. Plus this, yeah. there are a lot of challenges that you should be more devoted to the family. How you manage to succeed as an author and as a filmmaker, being completely from different culture? Well, I think that might have been part of where my American upbringing was an advantage because one thing that, and especially being raised in the South where I'm from, from Alabama, I mean, we were raised to be kind of pretty strong women. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Gone with the Wind, but it was all about the struggle of... This is the movie that all people are amazed and it's, you cannot believe how uh, popular Scarlett O'Hara is in Russia. It's uh, for many girls, she's a symbol. Well, of there you go. And look at the odds she faced. <laughs> look at the odds she faced. I mean, she had everything go wrong. She was victim of war. I mean, her home was taken over, all of her money, all of her income. And um, yeah, I mean, she came out of it victorious because of her spirit, you know, and I think that 
we've been raised with that spirit. And I think that that's what really got me through because I figured if I can't do one thing, it doesn't mean that every door is closed just because one is closed. I mean, I, thankfully I, I have, I got education and that was the most important thing that I did for myself is continue with education. And I think that all girls should, should uh, go for higher education and never sacrifice this. Because it's like an insurance policy, you know, that you carry in your back pocket. That's one good thing that my father taught me is that, you know, education is the one thing that no one can ever take away from you. And um, uh, um, sorry, can we just, can I take you know, one sec? Okay, are you going to be editing this? No. Yeah, I'm <laughs> no. Okay. I'm so sorry. <laughs> well, anyway, um, now getting back to uh, what I was saying. Yeah, to the, um, to the right, question, the, how did you succeed as an author and as a filmmaker? What, what oh, helped oh, Well, what helped me, like I said, the spirit, the spirit that I was raised with, the determination and the fact that I was educated. So I um, did have resources at my disposal, even though I wasn't going to choose a traditional career. I wanted to be a stay-at-home mom from the very beginning. I did work for a while. I got a job. I mean, my husband helped me a lot with that. When we first got here, I remember that we actually got in the car and went driving to different libraries to help find me a job. <laughs> and we, we ended up going to the British Council. I basically just walked in the door and said, Hi, I'm an American graduate of library science. I have one year of professional experience and I'm looking for a job. And they were just flabbergasted, you know, and, and the library, the woman behind the library desk said, well, we are looking for a head librarian. And I was like, oh, okay, well, point me in the right direction. <laughs> Let me go apply for that, please. <laughs> and um, yeah, I got that job and I worked for a while, but then I decided that I did want to just be fully devoted to raising good kids. You know, because um, the culture here of having maids and, you know, nannies, you know, to do most of your work is it's great to have somebody to do your work for you at your housework. But if the, you let them raise your children, I think it's a really big mistake to let them raise your kids because they take on a lot of the characteristics of the person that has been raising them. Let's just face it. Um, and that's not always a bad thing, but I prefer that they take that. I wanted them to take after me. I wanted them to take my personality and my, my values and, and the things that I teach them, you know, rather than somebody who's just there to keep them alive until I come home. <laughs> and that's all I really felt that they were devoted to is just keeping their hearts beating until I got back in the door after work. And uh, that's not fair. I think that when no, you have children, you should be devoted to building a, a human being, a it's productive it's and good member of society that's going to really contribute something. So I did want to do that. And I decided did, uh, we are facing that, that we start thinking more about who is raising the kids and what kind of personality you will be, even to exactly. survive at times and to get out of this uh, victorious, you know, not a victim, not being defeated by the crisis, by the health uh, things, by the situation that exactly. people are losing their jobs, that there is not that much money at the moment in the market. There, there are always a lot of money, but the thing is that uh, the situation changed and now it's not only about the money. 
it's about the humanity and about the moral values that you touched upon. Tell me, please, uh, since you did a movie, it's a documentary film uh, called Lemonade, and it's a very touching movie, and I know that it's won uh, some awards, and a lot of people were touched by that, and I like this movie very much. And it's about your son who is autistic person. So tell me, yes. please, how are you managing this uh, filmmaking and uh, having a son like that? How are you balancing your time and uh, what is the secret of your success? Uh, well, um, you know, I've always, I was, I was saying before, I, I, I wanted to devote a lot of time to really raising them and putting the effort in. But I did want something for myself, you know, so I, I became an author and uh, it was something that I was always interested in doing, especially with a library science degree and a communications degree. Um, and the thing that I wanted to do as well is to communicate things that were going wrong, you know, in terms of autistic care, you know, in the UAE. Um, my husband is a psychologist and we're fortunate enough to know when things are going well and when things are not going well. And with his um, schooling here, I think that now, I mean, I have to say now, the younger children have a lot of advantages in the UAE. They did it before. Before, when Ibrahim was coming up, there was literally nothing in terms of services, you know, for him. Um, we were fortunate enough to move back to America a couple of times uh, for my husband's graduate studies at that time, um, where I picked up another graduate degree as well. Um, and so we, you know, he got some good preschooling at that time. And when we moved back here and he went to a special needs school here, we noticed that they, he wasn't really progressing as well as he should have been. Um, and then when he was 19 years old, they decided they'd had enough, you know, of trying and they needed to open the space for a younger student. I didn't find that acceptable. I mean, and I think that there's a lot of parents here who are in that situation right now. You know, they're here with an adult child with autism and they don't really know what to do with them. They don't know how to make a life for this person. And especially during a pandemic right now, I mean, even the, the few clubs that we have, you know, for them to do recreational things are closed. They've been closed for a few months. Lemonade, the film that I made, was to shine a light on this problem. And it's based on the American expression, you know, when life hands you lemons, you make lemonade, which is, I mean, it's like the story of my life, really, <laughs> you know, making a good situation out of bad stuff. Um, but what we did with Ibrahim was we made a homeschooling program for him of our very own. I went online and I got, I put out ads for a couple of uh, home carers for Ibrahim, Filipino gentlemen here in the UAE who were, we were very fortunate enough to come into contact with some with, with real nursing degrees that we could hire for affordable salaries, thankfully. I mean, we do have that advantage, you know, to be able to access staff like that, you know, for, for the right kind of money. Um, and we sat down and we made a homeschooling schedule for Abraham with everything that a school would have been giving him. He has English, he has math, 
He has arts and crafts. He has sports time. He has everything built in to his daily routine that he would have gotten in school and actually better, in fact. So he's happy. He's got a predictable routine. And I started to send him to the grocery store to do the shopping every week. His carers go with him. Uh, and, Israel, I will you know. interrupt you for one second just to explain to some people because a lot of people even don't know that, you know, these autistic people, they're not exactly the same. So maybe they will say, oh, what's, what's difficult in that to send somebody to a grocery shop? That's not a big deal. Just to explain that it's completely different life, completely different abilities, and you need to always to right. at least to support and to... Uh, protect or at least to monitor it's not that you you can completely go out of this uh, and leave somebody alone for a long time it's not possible tell me please exactly. the movie that you did lemonade it's about ibrahim and about autistic child and about how to yes. succeed in that did it help you to feel stronger did it feel him to feel stronger Yes, absolutely. He loved helping make the movie. He really liked being filmed. And, you know, like you were saying, autistic people have problems with communication. It is, in fact, a communication disorder. Some of them don't speak at all. I mean, it's a spectrum. They go from not being able to speak at all or function. Maybe you, know, you want to share some photos. Uh, I know that you prepared some photos that you want because we have only yeah, interviewed and I didn't see any photos yet. <laughs> I, I do want to share some photos. So here we go. I'm just going to share screen with you. There's, uh, there's the award that I won in Ireland uh, for Lemonade for the best, uh, best production. Uh, of, of a documentary that is and really there's Ibrahim that's, that's my boy and you know look how he's looking away though I mean eye contact is a big part of autism or lack thereof of eye contact but look at that smile I mean he's very that's one of the things he's very he's a happy, happy boy and he's happy because we made a productive for him we didn't just let him stay home and watch tv all the time which is what i think a lot of people do sadly and you know just like any other man he needs something to feel productive and you know like like an adult he needs to have responsibilities he needs to have chores he needs to have a schedule and that's people who are autistic thrive on the predictability of their day. So that's very important. Now, um, this is at the film premiere in Abu Dhabi. And the that's me there. And the two carers that I had on board at the time, one of them still works for us. The other one had moved on to another job. and But we replaced him with another assistant. The ones, the lady sitting beside me is the director of the film, Sarah Al Hashimi, and uh, the associate director. And um, we we premiered this at the Takama Tamakan Tamakan uh, Company in Abu Dhabi, and it was just a big, big hit. It was amazing. Uh, oh, that's that's a cooking show <laughs> that I've been on. That's another one of my hobbies, by the way, is cooking. Uh, one of my books on bluegenymedia.com is a cookbook called Breaking Bread Around the World. Sorry to change the subject, but, you know, it was a, a cooking show that I was on for an Indian television show. 
Um, so it, I just thought I'd share that. And it suits you very much to be there. This is you in magazines. So this Lemonade movie makes uh, quite an impact in uh, United Arab Emirates. Absolutely, it did. It, it was in uh, the uh, cinemas here. It was in Box Cinema. It was in Novo Cinema. So it had cinema releases as well. And of course, it had um, film festival releases in the United States and Ireland and in the UK. Great. So, well, that's uh, this is the right. book. This is your book. Oh uh, yes, these are some of my books. I just wanted to show you. I, I do another thing as well um, to keep myself fulfilled and to help sell the books because you know, being a, an author, you have to be what we call a an author our authorpreneur. <laughs> so we're we're an entrepreneur, but we're an authorpreneur <laughs> because. Authors now have to really get out there and market themselves, not only as a writer, but, you know, market their books as products. And uh, one of the ways that I do this here in the UAE is to visit schools, you know, and talk about creativity and writing. And uh, the children have a great time. And, you know, they are, they get, they learn how to write their own stories, in fact, you know, and I've, visited many schools throughout the region and um well, that's just me <laughs> and those are some of my books as well there we go my trilogy the hakima's tale yeah and that's suitable for all ages that's what i take uh to, to schools with me i don't take desert magnolia or the horror novel that i've written because they don't tend to be suitable for anyone younger than 16 but these are suitable for all ages, the Hakima's Tales. So, you know, feel free. And uh, did there's you, a, tell me, please, as um, the, um, what you will recommend, because you have such successful accomplishments, even though it's very difficult for you. You have a lot of books written. You have a wonderful movie made. You have a lot of social work when you work with school children and help them to find their, you know, true values through books and through cooperation. And also you are very active yourself in spite of the fact that you are very busy in the home life and of course with Ibrahim. What you can recommend to people who want to go global, who are sitting somewhere, I don't know, in a small village, isolated village, or even not in the village, they could even sit in Paris, but they don't know how to connect, how to write a book, how to make a movie, they're just dreaming, but then they found out they're already 70 years old or 80 years old, and, mm, and that's right. it. Well, I can tell you this, it starts with page one, <laughs> just like writing a book, you know, I mean, people ask me that a lot, how do you get through writing an entire book. I mean, writing a book is like doing any kind of accomplishment in your life. You have to start with the first page. It's not going to get done at all, or and you can't even conceive of it until you write the first word. That's when you actually think, well, maybe this is actually possible, you know, because thinking about it, dreaming about it doesn't make it happen. You have to actually take action. And taking action is the most important thing, even if it's not perfect in the beginning. So what? What is perfect in the beginning? You know, everything we try in this life, 
we have to make mistakes and we have to fall down and learn. I, I don't know which, which person said this. I think maybe Einstein or somebody, um, somebody of note, you know, said that if you've never made, if you've never made a mistake, if you've never failed at anything, then you've never done anything either. You've never tried anything because so you can't make accomplishments without taking that risk that you actually may fail the first one or two times you try something. I wrote my first screenplay when I was 45 years old and I taught nobody, myself nobody, nobody, how to write a screenplay. But you will believe you number one because you don't look even you are 45, but number <laughs> two, uh, it's of course, especially, you know, in Slovak, Slovak culture, unfortunately we have big limitations by age. They say if you didn't try something before 40, you can forget about that. And I like that you did it, uh, you made your first screen play, screenwriter at the age of 45. 45. And then I went on to win a best short screenplay award, uh, an award uh, from Cannes in 2018. Well, Mediterranean Cannes, but still, you know, it's fantastic, you know, that I was able to do that at a later age. And, you know, here's the thing about age, you know, we have to stop looking at a certain age as a cutoff point. It's not true. Not anymore. I mean, before maybe back, you know, six, 700 years ago, maybe you would have needed to plan to die around 45 or 50 years old, you know? So yes, you could consider yourself old at 40 years old, but now we live until maybe 80, 90, 100 years old. So, I mean, I'm 54 now, so do I have to be old for the last 40 years of my life? I mean, if I'm, if God is willing, I'm able to live until I'm 90 something, you know, I don't want to be considered to be an invalid, you know, for all of that time. That's still a long time I have left. I still have a lot of things to offer the world and many things to learn. So I think that it's all in your attitude. You know, when you really, I think I always say this, that the day that you stop being able to, to learn anything from anybody else is the day that you die. You're dead already. You're, you're, all, you're just walking around and you don't have your coffin yet. You know, you need to realize that part of youth and holding on to the juice of life is learning things. And Tita, I want to learn say things that, that uh, you really. have very big courage and I want to thank you very much because uh, for me personally, it's very encouraging, you know, to number one, you don't have any limitations in front of the age number two you don't have any limitations in front of the obstacles and number three you don't <laughs> have any limitations believe it or not by countries so you are from america living in arabic world and making sure that these two worlds are perfectly working together i think is the biggest yes. accomplishment i wish you to make new movies i'm sure that this will be as successful as lemonade they will also will be in Cannes film festival it doesn't matter is it Mediterranean or just Cantum Festival, but it's important <laughs> that it's in thank you and it's very important. And I hope that your advices will help people to be strong, to find inner power, and uh, why we call it uh, our blog Hidden Hero because I believe there is hero in everybody of us. 
the Thank most you. important is to wake him up. So let God yes. bless you, protect you in these difficult times and to be always young because you, you're looking very, very young. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. It was a big pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye.